Hey guys, this is Evan prefacing this episode just to let you know it's a kind of a different one. Um, I interviewed the awesome Michelle Shara and Brandon Hilton, uh, who work with Queens to the Rescue, and Brandon himself is a drag queen, and they are both badass. But um, this episode had, in, had originally been intended to be the season premiere, but uh, my dumbass. Uh, screwed up the recording so there were moments throughout the episode where I sound very echoey and so what I've done is I've just sort of cut out those moments cutting down any amount I talk is probably a good thing because boy sometimes do I talk a lot and just sort of reinserted myself saying generally what the question was or the topic was so you wouldn't get lost so I sincerely apologize to Michelle and Brandon that it took so long to get this episode up I've been very busy and had to really dedicate some time to it but um, they were awesome guests uh, and I hope you really enjoy this episode, and it's perfect timing anyway, because uh, Pride Month is almost over, and why not celebrate with people rescuing animals, and also celebrating drag, and everything that comes with that, and everything queer, and everything LGBTQ related, and uh, we also do a little bit of talking about drag queen story time, and I think it was a really illuminating, really fun conversation. Plus, the song you hear this time is Brandon's own. He did a song called Glamour Zombie. And so you'll hear those snippets at the beginning and end and then the entire song proper. And I really hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Lucky 10,000 season four with your host, Evan. This season, badass women from history. Hey guys, this is Evan, and welcome to the Lucky 10,000 Season 4 Badass Women of History. First, before we get into it, we want to thank uh, Podbean and Stitcher for hosting us. Also, the Tangent Bound Network for also having us on. If you want to get in touch with us, our Twitter is at Lucky underscore 10K. Our Gmail is Lucky 10,000 at Gmail. And as I always start the Lucky 10,000, I said Lucky 10,000 is the podcast that gets you luckier than blank. Well, this season is going to be an amazing season. This is the podcast that gets you luckier than uh showing off some awesome people that are usually in every episode it's going to be about a woman that someone admires from history but this time because uh, I have two people on the episode that I admire from afar because of their activism because of their passion for what they do and their names are uh, Michelle Shara and uh, Brandon Hilton. Hilton. Brandon Hilton. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show, guys. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank thanks for, for having, having us. us. So uh, one of the reasons I brought you guys on, and we'll talk to, we'll start talking about this in a second, is you guys kind of found yourselves in the middle of some, I don't want to say controversy, but certainly more blowback than I think either of you were expecting. If you've heard in the news recently about the, uh, the what was the official name of it? Queens to the Rescue. Queens to the Rescue and the, the programs they're doing where drag queens are reading stories to children. Um, you've heard all about the 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 backlash and the controversy surrounding that. That's going to be the main subject of today's episode. I, I, I love the fact that these guys have the balls to do that and not back down from their positions. But I want, to get, I want you to get to know these guys a little bit first. I have to give a shout out to the Nerd Bliss podcast for even introducing me to these guys because they both appeared on Chris Jones's Nerd Bliss podcast. I heard them. I liked what I heard. And I immediately friend requested both of them. But this is the first time we're all meeting face to face in this shitty little duplex apartment in the middle of Greenville, South Carolina. So it's amazing. Michelle, I'll start with you. You're also an advocate for animals. Right. 
Yes. And, and tell me how you got into that. Okay, so uh, I got into rescue just by accident. I, um, you know, like anybody who got into rescue, I found a dog. I looked for help. Uh, I got sucked in, and then I wound up with, like, ten dogs in my house. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to do more. One day I was sitting there with a foster dog in my lap, day, day drinking, watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and I was like, somebody should do a thing where they do drag shows that benefit animal rescues. So... I messaged Brandon and Queens to the Rescue was born and here we are a year later and that is the first time I've heard of those organizations crossing over. Obviously people yeah, of all genders, sure. races, colors, creeds love animals, mm -hmm. yeah. but I've never heard of someone going, I know who can get more uh, awareness for animals in peril, drag queens. Who else? Right? It was like <laughs> I like both of these things and they don't really come together a lot, so like I'll do it. So, yeah, and, and so Brandon, you are uh, a drag queen. Do you mind us revealing your drag name on the show? No. Yell it to the shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> it's Anya Man. I love it. Friday so nights. now how did you get into drag? Um, I got into drag at the castle. <laughs> I met a drag queen there. Unfortunately, it's not around anymore. I know, unfortunately. We don't have any clubs anymore. Not really. I heard the one in Spartanburg. Yeah, we clothes. have no clubs. We have no clubs anymore. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll open one. I don't know. That's the there next step go. in your activism. Thinking about it, you know. And yeah. it's a drag club where you can bring your pets. Oh, yeah, totally. Do that. For sure. Definitely mm -hmm. animal friendly. But if they pee on the floor, they have to clean it up themselves. Yes. Um, well, that's the rule for any clubs anyway. Right. Yeah, animals you, there if you or pee not. on the floor, clean it up. Clean it up. Mm -hmm. That's a good rule. Um, so I got into drag after that. She, I discovered a drag queen, didn't know what she was. She told me she was a drag queen. She told me I was pretty and that I'd be a pretty drag queen. So that like just started. I've seen your there. pictures. She was right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And um, so then, yeah, I did drag for years and then I stopped doing drag and then I did some music and some movies and then I got back into drag and um, started a clothing brand and then oh, that's awesome. Michelle reached out. And so now are you, history. as far as the movies were concerned, are you an actor, screenwriter, producer? Actor, what do you do? yeah. That's I, awesome. Star. And then on music department, I also had some of my songs picked up on movies, which I just got a check for yesterday. What? Oh, that's great. So it's crazy. What movie? Can we shout out the movie? Uh, Midnight Cabaret is the movie I star in. Welcome to New York has my music on the soundtrack. Oh, wow. Um, what else? Oh, Bad Girls Club. They used to be on TV. My yes. I remember the Bad Girls Club. My music, my song Glamour Zombie was on. Oh my god, that's amazing. You'll have to send me a link. Three. We will put it in the episode description. Yes, please. Now, before we get into the more serious shit, I did want to ask you guys, because I'm I'm kind of a, you know, I don't leave the house much. I'm a <laughs> bit of a hermit. I've been to drag shows before. They're like the most fun ever. I just right. did my, I just went to my first burlesque show in Asheville Ooh. three Ooh, months ago. It was amazing. Fun too. But People have an idea of the South. People have an idea of Greenville, South Carolina that aren't from Greenville, South Carolina. I'm Southern born and raised, and, and Greenville will always have a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. How have you found the drag community in general in Greenville? Is it bigger than you expected? Is it? Is it For me personally, yeah. it's way bigger than I expected. Holy shit, there's a lot of drag, queen, drag queens in Greenville, especially yeah. like in Charlotte. It's just yeah. flooded yeah. with drag queens. Holy crap. A bunch of our, like we have... What do we have, like seven or eight? Charlotte's where the real drag scene is. Right? Yeah. We have seven or eight committed queens for Queens to the Rescue. They come yeah. and do all of our shows. That's amazing. Every single time. Showcast um, queens. And then we have special guests each and time. And we have special guests. Um, but there's a lot of queens, and there's there's a lot of people who are really, really open to it. I mm -hmm. mean, we have people every single time that are like, oh my God, I've never been to a drag show. I really want to go. Oh, they're right. I mean, we just sold out Greenwood, a 200-person yeah, capacity venue. Yeah. We just sold it out. And they didn't even want us there. And Well, <laughs> the business owners thought that Greenwood didn't want a drag show, but Greenwood right. wanted a drag yeah. show. Yeah. Like, well, why wouldn't they? I mean, right. Right? You don't have to be gay to enjoy a drag you show. Don't. You don't and have to be a drag queen to enjoy and a drag this is, show. Right. The Greenwood, the new venue, because we got kicked out the first venue, but the new venue is the first like 
mostly gay place that we've done a Queens to the Rescue show. For yeah. the most part, it's been straight bars. It's been breweries, heavy metal venues, breweries. dive bars. Right. Was it was, what do you? What did you find was the most accepting group? Because I'm a big fan so of like heavy far, music the and heavy metal. Bars, the like, oh my god, straight I bars just I in general. Ask for better support. You really? Know, like, I, I already, as a drag queen, I don't like performing in gay bars anymore because the gays are so jaded to drag queens. <laughs> they're spoiled with they're RuPaul's yeah. drag, ra- drag race, and they want every single queen they see to be RuPaul's right. drag race quality. Right. And if you're not, then they shun you. They treat you like shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Straight people, they don't know what the fuck RuPaul's drag race <laughs> is, so they're like, yes, you know, like you come out and just stand there and they just be like oh you're such a beautiful unicorn you know now, how, how did it go over at the metal club because i love heavy music Same. playing, especially like in the club. 80s back the in the 80s there was a real like it became a real like it was a it was a straight man's game yeah you, know, you look at the bands i love like metallic and megadeth something like that not the most accepting people in the world right but in the 90s when i think the music genre started to merge you right. started to get a lot more people that were very open and right. very much more accepting yeah. one of my yeah. favorite bands right now is a band out in california called otep whose lead singer is a lesbian mm-hmm. oh yeah and they're amazing I OTEP is. I, they're but amazing I heard been since MySpace. um but yeah. <laughs> we did our show at ground zero in spartanburg yeah i love ground zero like yeah and Mick, i love Mick. the owner yeah, yeah he was like, yeah, just come on, just do a drag show, whatever. Yeah, I think Valentine Wolf is getting ready to do a show yeah, there. Do you know them? Mm, they're a local, like, goth metal band. They're awesome. Ooh, like, we should, they're like, great. oh, and the, the, they just did a show the other night. It wasn't a Queens to the Rescue show, but um, it, it was, was with Seven Year Witch. Yeah, it, that's yeah I've heard of them. Yeah, and they they're came amazing. in, like, full that's makeup. They, they were in drag. Like, awesome. It was amazing. Awesome. Uh, but, I would like to point you guys to a band that I discovered that uh, this season I thought would be great is to have each episode because normally we just had the same theme song and whatever, but I reached out to a lot of female-led rock and metal bands mm-hmm. to see if they would allow me to use their music in the theme song. Yeah. I think I'll let you listen to one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, And uh, uh, one of them is this band that's not local, but I got enchanted by them, called Libretta Suede. Have you heard mm-hmm. of them? Mm-hmm. The great thing about it is they're led by a female, but uh-huh. when you watch their performances, they're like that sort of 50s vibe, uh-huh. but yeah. uh, their lead guitarist is this dude like really good looking guy but he's wearing like fishnet stockings I love that which is something you don't see much in rock and it's cool that it's all sort of opening its its doors to things like that and understanding that you don't have to be threatened by anything if nobody's gonna turn you gay or make you wear a dress if you don't want to obviously they'd love you if you do people talking about the attack on masculinity like drag is an attack on masculinity trans is an attack on masculinity the gay agenda your your masculinity is as secure as you you want it to be. And I've no, known no plenty of gay men, of drag queens, who would whip your ass in a heartbeat. Yeah. Right. Heartbeat. So yeah. Sometimes it's the luck. most... Yeah, let's say... Sometimes it's the most ballsy <laughs> masculine the thing. Face. But that leads us to sort of the main subject of the episode is that you guys had the idea. And I guess, Brandon, you did this first for the uh, drag, drag story, queen story time. time. Yeah, now, how yeah. did that come about? Um, So, two years ago, I heard about Drag Queen Story Time in Canada, and it was just starting in New York, and I just thought it was, like, so smart to, like, involve kids and drag for acceptance yeah. and diversity and just you know so kids could see you know that people are different yes and you could read them books about like kids being different and that being accepted so mm-hmm. that when they grow up even if they're not gay if they see someone else is dif- different it just becomes natural for them to accept them so we don't have like bullying in schools mm-hmm. we just don't have so many assholes in the world you know right. so I, I fought really hard to get it started here in the south i like got death threats it was crazy um but we what did was it. the first time and what was your first Reaction the first time you got a, a message or a phone call where they were literally threatening your life. What was going through your head? Um, 
It was crazy because no one had ever, I mean, I've done stuff for years. Like I said, no one has ever threatened my life. Right. But someone messaged me and was like, this group, this uh, anonymous group has started a, a Bitcoin account mm-hmm. for someone to assassinate you. Oh, my God. To kill me. And that's that kind of scared me. And I tweeted that. I screenshot it and tweeted it. And then Huffington Post covered it. And they were like, I'm just trying to do, you know, I'm just trying to make a change in the world and do yeah. something good. It's not, I don't understand why these people are taking it to this level that it's not. It's it's one of those things I'll never quite understand it because I'm like I said born and raised in this area and that's not to say that we have not come so far absolutely you know, we have come so far just in my lifetime from like when I first came out in high school and how people treated me to how things are now like I used to be called faggot every single day mm-hmm. and I rarely hear that anymore mm-hmm. so I, I don't either. kudos to America for that you know we're, we're going in the right direction <laughs> yeah. but I mean there's still a long way to go. I've got any nothing. sort of hate I've got even with the the most recent thing I've got none of that the yeah. the owner of the first venue for Greenwood he got all of the negative negativity for that i've got nothing yeah if if i was the one getting any of this negativity i'd be like fuck y'all you know i I don't don't give a shit michelle share is not even my real name go fuck yourself (laughs) (laughs) um like it i i I really wouldn't i don't honestly i don't know how i would feel because it hasn't happened but they're going after the people that that's why i'm really careful about what i say on the queen's rescue page and all of that because the people who are getting attacked are the queens they're the venue owners it's not me so i'm really careful about it but I, I have had, I mean, maybe two negative comments. I think mm-hmm. I blocked one person on the Queens to the Rescue page yeah. who called me a sicko or whatever. Right. And I just laughed about it. It's like, whatever. Bye, Glenda. Glenda. Love you, Glenda. Glenda. We love you so much. Glenda was leaving mad faces on all our posts, so we had she to kick her to the mad. curb. Hey, Glenda. Big you mad. should let her keep doing it. Just like, troll her. It just got old. Because, you know, it's yeah. interesting. You know, I, I grew up with the very, with my parents were divorced when I was a baby, so I had two different very different outlooks in life. My dad mm-hmm. was very, very conservative. My mom's very, very liberal. But I hadn't been around a ton of out comfortable gay people until yeah. I started doing theater. And, you know, I'm 42 and just now within the last three years have been okay with saying that I'm heteroflexible. I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of different definitions of that kind of thing out there. But, okay, this is the first interruption. Uh, pretty echoey section. Also, I just talked way too fucking much, as usual. Uh, in this clip in this section of the show that I took out, I just referenced a guy I knew who used to run sound for drag shows at the 621 Club. It was a gay club that's now closed, who uh, I found out had been attacked at one point in his life. Uh, someone threw a rock on his head and he, at his head and he had to get stitches. So that moves us into the section of the conversation where we talk about the club a little bit, and then we talk about how Brandon handled uh, the threats that were coming his way. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you after. This I remember you probably the six. know. There was a pool in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nine, yeah. I went there a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It was a eye-opening experience. Playing porn 24/7. Oh yeah, all the time. It, it was fun. I had a blast. It was fun. Yeah, but um, it's where you went after the castle. I guess kind of scared because like all the media coverage was saying exactly the town I lived in. You know, oh, and I was wow. like, yeah. it's real small. I'm yeah. from a small town, and. That's where I live sometimes. I also live in Charlotte, North Carolina sometimes, mm-hmm. so I'm there often. So that made me really nervous. I was like, shit, you know, if someone came here realistically, I mean, and tried, I guess mm-hmm. they could find They could, you absolutely. Know? You go by your real name. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, and I go by my real name. So, yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I I said some one time in another interview that it didn't really actually scare me, but I guess it did really scare me a little bit because, like, that is someone threatening your life. But, yeah. I mean, I try. I build this, I built myself up to this whole, like, confident no one's going to knock me mm-hmm. down, you know, like hit me with stones. It's not going to stop what I'm doing, you know? When did it, how long did it take to get to the point where the threats stopped affecting you that way? 
Um, well, when I launched my fashion brand and I... And what's the name of your fashion brand? House of Man. Right. It's the House of Man. Yeah. Yeah, we've, <laughs> done, we've done like Tasia, Desmond is Amazing, Kim Petras, Alyssa Edwards, Allie X. Like we dressed all like the new and upcoming pop That's stars. Awesome. So I've, we got a lot of like hate for dressing like Tasia and Desmond because they're mm-hmm. nine years old drag queens and people went crazy for that. So I was getting mm-hmm. all kinds of hate mail and death threats for that. But I was like, you know what? Like... Who cares? You know, at the end of the day, I'm so sorry that people are that butthurt. But I mean, if they haven't killed Donald Trump, they're not going to kill me. (laughs) Right. I stand by that motto. Well, and the other thing, too, is like I think what people confuse with drag is sexuality. Drag is not necessarily a sexual thing. You can wear clothes as a young boy and not be perceived sexually. But as soon as you want to express yourself in a different way, everyone thinks, oh, you're trying to pervert these kids. I'm like, no, it's... It's 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 a performance art. That's how I explain it. I tell people it's a performance art. Drag is a style of art. There are females who are drag queens. There are straight men. There's all kinds of... It's a a style of performance. But the funny thing is what's societally acceptable. Because being in theater, I've done... I've been in drag in like two shows, but they were both comedies. Yeah. Audiences have no issue laughing. Right. Nobody cares right. about a that. guy in drag. As yeah. soon as you get, you know, completely out there and like, this is who I want to be for at least right now. Yeah. And I'm not making a joke of it. I'm not laughing at it. I'm right. fucking showing you who I am, at yeah. least in this moment. You know, great things can happen. I mean, Warehouse is doing Hedwig and Angry Inch next year, yeah. which started as kind of this avant-garde drag show. Yeah. But people in general can accept it in a comedic forum, but right. as soon as you get serious, as soon as you get real, yeah. like, oh, no. they back off. Yeah, I kind of experienced that recently too. Like, I mean, I've done Queens of the Rescue and all our other shows, and I get so much respect from that. But I witnessed another side where someone tried to book me for a birthday party, and I felt like I was just going to be like the clown. They want you to be at the party, monkey, yeah. you know. And I was mm. just like, that's not what I'm doing. Then how do they approach you about? It? Like, would you do something like that if someone approached you about it in the right? I hope way? she doesn't hear this, but she was just. Like, <laughs> I mean, I I felt like really like I was just kind of be like the clown at the party because it wasn't like she wasn't booking other drag queens, you Mm -hmm. know, it was just like, oh, I have this drag queen at Mm -hmm. my daughter's party. And that's like how it is, you know? Yeah. It's also like it's that that whole like, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, it was always especially in horror movies, like the token black character who would die early. Now there seems to be this trend, especially in the mid 90s. Now the drag queen dies early. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, drag queen would not die early at all. Drag Uh queen in a horror movie would make the best choices. (laughs) She'd be the killer. Yeah. (laughs) But um, like I've noticed, like, especially when I would go to the 621, there would always be, you know, majority gay guys there. And then this one little gaggle of straight women who had their one gay friend. Mm -hmm. He was like an accessory. Yeah. And like that really struck me in a very interesting way. And I think that's still a thing. Like the more accepted things become. Yeah. You get that first group that thinks they're being really open minded that doesn't realize they're kind of making you feel like used. uh, Yes, absolutely. A little bit. It's not so bad now. Like, I mean, now girls come to the bar by themselves. They just get all the girlfriends together. You know, I don't (laughs) Mm. feel like at least what we've been witnessing. I mean, we just like they don't really bring their token gay with them anymore. Like sometimes their token gay is performing. So (laughs) So they can't bring them. (laughs) I mean, speaking as a straight female who hangs out with a bunch of gay people, uh, it's, it just feels more comfortable. Like Mm -hmm. you can be yourself around male entities without having to worry about like, Oh my God, is somebody going to be looking at my ass? Like, right, can, I just exactly. be- can I bend over and pick something up without feeling self-conscious? Not yeah, in front of me. Although most gay men I know, they might not handle a woman, but goddamn, they love boobs. Yeah. <laughs> love like, babies. I don't give a shit about y'all. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not, you just, it's more comfortable. I mean, I did 
Oh, I can't talk about that. I'll tell you about it after. Remind me to tell you the funny yeah. story. I told you. Laura, we need an after hour show so y'all can hear all the tea. We can't say. <laughs> hey guys, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And if you're enjoying listening to the Lucky 10,000, then come on over to a podcast where nobody's ever getting lucky, ever. Here on the Lucky 10,000, you're here to learn, but with the bearded ones, we're here to make you laugh. And and maybe you'll learn something while you're laughing. Yeah, learn something like about Batman. <laughs> I mean, for we were on a stint of Matlock for a while. I, it was funny to me. Not the, hey, I mean, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you sell it. Come anything. on over and listen to the Bearded One podcast, I guess. I yeah, mean, I, I like it. I'd be a shit salesman. <laughs> um, Come buy this car. I mean, I drove it once. Yeah, probably, you probably wouldn't like yeah, it. You don't want to, <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Fuck this. Don't listen to Bearded One. <laughs> Come on, check us out. Bearded One's comedy podcast on the Bearded Pods Network. I knew that. I didn't know that. Well, that's why we're here, listening to the Lucky 10,000. You learn something new with every episode. And while you're here at the Bearded Pods Network, you might want to come and give us some pod love. We're Teddy and the Bassman. We cover all sorts of subjects, speak with tons of interesting guests, and entertain you with a melange of vintage commercials and jingles, and a whole plethora of eclectic music. You might even learn something from us as well. It'll probably be about bondage, but... Teddy and the Baseman! Here we talk about how uh, guys act, straight guys act towards women when they're out and tend to be, tend to feel sort of licensed to be aggressive or, or inappropriate. Men don't like that shit. <laughs> I have had enough awkward Facebook conversations with women to know what they like and don't like. Yes, right. they don't like dick pictures. Yes, they do. I've never done that. Gay men like dick pictures. Women do uh, not. Okay. I've Save never sent an unsolicited dick pic. Save a girl. Save a girl. Send a dick pic to a track. <laughs> That's that. You should you should set up a forward in your Facebook profile. Right. To where like forward if someone sends you a dick pic, it automatically yeah. goes to a group. Do that. that would be amazing. I remember hearing about some that will also be like, yeah, we think this is bullshit. Yeah. Too. This yeah. is unacceptable. Stop sending pictures of your body parts that people don't want to see. Yeah. Like unsolicited. If people yeah. ask for it, yeah, do that. But Absolutely. They don't do that when nobody asks. Uh, at this point, I ask them uh, how long they've been doing uh, drag queen story time. Yeah, I've done, I've had six story times in the Carolinas, North and South. No problems. I mean, I did get death threats and I did get like all the press and I did get all the stuff online, but it was strictly online. Like there was not a single protester at any event. And um, I, I just think it speaks to how I handled it. You know, yeah. I just, I handled it more professionally. I didn't like invite all my friends, you know, I kept it like really professional about the kids. It wasn't about like, you know, right. let's, let's get as many likes and follows. Now, and what do you fans. think was it? that caused the outpouring of protesters for this one because the queens are fighting back with all the people talking crap online it's professional you know yeah. it's like i mean you ain't pay my bills baby i don't care yeah. you know like if you hate it hate it from your living room right. you know like i'm still gonna do my thing you know right and every single one still had security because the libraries mm-hmm. just naturally have security for mm-hmm. events but it was never needed i never felt in danger at any of my events mm-hmm. i was like this is great on all my events were just as packed you know do with us yeah the most oh, okay. recent one was, yeah. was a couple of different queens but yeah. it has impacted Everybody doing drag yeah. everywhere. It, yeah. I mean, that's the reason our last venue got canceled is because yeah. of this drag queen story time. Yeah, this had nothing to do with us. They didn't even, oh, I see. They didn't even reach group. out okay. for me, to me, which I mean, okay. I feel like technically I should have been reached out to since sure. I already had a template that was working, sure. you know, but it's okay, you know. Well, what, what do you think caused all the protesting? Did they not approach it the right way? No, definitely not. Yeah. It's it's all in the way you handle it. It got mm-hmm. messy. It okay. got messy. It that's got real messy. Say, really. And it, it caused... Now, I will say, for every 
asshole protesting, there are at least 20 supporters. I mean, there's sure. just so yeah. much more support than there, more there support. is uh, negativity. But the negativity gets the story. The negativity gets the story and the negativity can get dangerous and it causes problems for everybody else. It caused problems for me. And I'm, I mean, it it, it caused me to have to find a different venue, which we did. It's it's a trickle down effect. And it caused, I mean, just so many problems and you have to handle it correctly because like I said earlier, it doesn't affect me as an organizer. It affects other things. You have to consider the consequences of your actions. Right. So you, you have to handle it correctly. Now in your experience, with the animal work you've done, the the work with the drag queens you've done, not to make it too negative, but where have you seen sort of the worst aspects of humanity? Because people will treat animals like total shit, and then people have no problem calling people the worst shit, and like you said, death threats. I mean, where do you see... And and it doesn't tend to be the same type of people that do both. The people who are like... Those faggots, blah blah blah. Yeah, that's the same kind of person that's going to chain Leave their dog, dog to a tree and starve yeah. it. That's right. the same. It's the same kind of person that lives out in the country. He's got a bunch of yard ornaments, you know, dog yard right. ornaments. That's that's the same kind of person. And now you're born and raised in this area, mm-hmm. right? Yep, born and raised in Greenville. Well, so you've seen yeah. a lot of that kind of thing too, oh my God, where it's yes. just like, and I'm not, I don't want to paint anyone with a broad brush. Southern born and raised. There's a lot of things I love about the South. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of quote unquote rednecks I know that are some of the most loving, yes. right? Like yes. even if they don't necessarily agree with what you do, they don't give a shit if you do right. it. Right. That's how it yeah. should be. It's exactly. a live and let live type Live and let live. Mm-hmm. That's the way my dad was. Yeah. You know, he was like, I don't, and you know, there were aspects of his personality I certainly didn't agree with, but he right. would have never gone to protest to drag. He just would have been like, well, I ain't going. Right. That's, right. Your, that's your prerogative. Right. You right. don't have to agree with it. Just, you don't have to shut it down either. So right. just mind your business. Yeah. It's like we were, people were talking online, like the libraries also host Bible story mm-hmm. times as well and Bible right. study events. And it's like, well, if you want to protest this, what if people started coming protesting your exactly. things? Right. What if you face the exact same backlash exactly. that you're giving? But you that's know? also what we're in the middle of is this weird. I don't think we should do that. No, saying, no. Like, what <laughs> if, you know? But it's like, also that we're in the middle of this weird persecution complex that people yeah. have who hold the majority in the country. Oh, you know, yeah. there's still majority like white christian in this country mm-hmm. but they're the ones that always talk like they're being attacked somehow right yeah. i'm so tired of hearing like marriage is under attack and all yeah. oh yeah. everything is under attack the agenda the agenda the i'm agenda. like oh my god the agenda is like, everybody be happy <laughs> and what i what i would love for these people to do sometimes is step back and go when I care a ton about what Starbucks cup they're using, oh. that means my life really isn't under a microscope nearly as much right. as I think exactly. it is. Exactly. Check, right. you know? yeah. Check your privilege. Check your privilege. Let other people live their lives. You yeah. Know? yeah. Just like, and it's, it's, I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. I think it's amazing that you guys are brave enough to do it. Yeah. And uh, if someone, because I mean, we're not nearly where I want to end the interview, <laughs> but uh, you, you're born and raised in this area as well, uh, right? I'm born, well, close Packlet, South Carolina, but like. Packlet, okay. What area yeah. is that? In. It's um, past Spartanburg, on the way to Columbia. Yes, yeah, the sticks. Like I was raised yeah. on seven acres in a lake. Like I'm a country boy. So now, without getting too personal, that people want to say about being raised. I was raised gay. No, I was raised like fucking man. And well, I that's a really came great point too. Queen. Yeah. <laughs> well, are you still, are you still close with your family? Uh, well, my father's in prison for life, so no. <laughs> okay. But um, psychically close though. I shouldn't have laughed at that. But it's... it's okay. He deserves it. Um, 
And yeah, my, I've built, I'm building up my relationship with my mom and my family. Mm-hmm. We're getting closer now that I'm getting more successful. So mm-hmm. that's good. So yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm close to my family, I guess. And have they the accessible ones, have, have their views become a little bit more flexible because of all the stuff that's been going on? Uh, yes, yes. It definitely has gotten a lot better. I mean, it was like my mom initially kicked me out when I was 13 mm-hmm. years old, when I came out and told her I was gay and stuff, my grandparents happily took me in and my grandma, like from the beginning, my grandma had already instilled this like whoever you want to be is who you're going to be. And that's perfect. You know, so yeah. don't even worry about like what people think you just be you, you know, that's, that's great. So advice. that's how I needed to be, you know, and that's mm-hmm. all I was focused on. So, and how, like, how hard was the whole coming out process, even apart from the family, especially the days where you didn't have social media, where Scary. you just put it on blast. No, I was outed. I told a friend, she told someone else, they told oh, no. everyone else. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so that's and how what, that happened. what was that like? like In high was, school? Was oh, it like just, awful. Did you I tried start to kill myself. Was it just one day where you just walk into school and then everybody's looking at you differently? Yeah. Yeah, exactly like that. And then all my friends were like, oh, we're not friends anymore. <sighs> my best friend, his name was Brian Gosnell. I hope you listening. Um, <laughs> we were best friends since we were born. And we had done Boy Scouts together all the way to Eagle Scouts. Dropped me like nothing. Like, as suddenly I was this whole different person. Did he even say anything or was it just a... Oh, he was like, oh, so you must be in love with me. And he was like, I, I can't be around that. And yeah. I was just like, so there's no loyalty, you know? like that's, that's the other weird assumption, too. Yeah. It's like, as soon as you... Suddenly I'm in love with everybody. ...come out... Yeah. This is like, you want to fuck everybody. Yeah. yeah right? And it's I mean, like, I do, but it wasn't, it wasn't them, you know? <laughs> fuck you, Brian. Yeah. Well, when did you get to Hope the you're point? happy with your life, Brian. How long did it take you to get to the point where you realized that your grandmother was right? Oh, um, well, I always trusted and believed everything she said, so then, you know, then... And was she a really religious person? Yeah, yeah. We went to church every Sunday and everything. Well, the church shunned me first, and so she stopped going to church. Like, mm-hmm. cold turkey. She was just like, well, that's amazing. Fuck like, she like, anybody don't was love my baby? Was she pretty deeply entrenched in her church? Oh, yeah, yeah. So she I was, was raised. She didn't know anyone gay, but she, like, dropped everything she knew, took me to P-Flag, found out that there was a Spartanburg chapter of P-Flag, took me to P-Flag, got books, like, I mean... Just changed everything that she knew to support me, and it was that's like amazing. Everything to me, you know. I like, think well, it's like I was saying earlier. Once you're alive. around people of a certain type, once you get to know the person as the person, before yeah. you're able to identify them as a thing. Did you guys see that thing? It was a couple of months ago where somebody set up this like X-ray screen in the middle of of New York, and uh, it was one of those ones where you could see it was like in Total Recall. You could see their skeletons, uh-huh. and so it showed these two people behind the screen like hugging and uh-huh. kissing and like all you could see is the skeletons what? and then they came around the corner and it was like an interracial couple like lesbian couple gay couple yeah. straight couple shit. it was yeah. amazing yeah, yeah and the reactions of the crowd were amazing now obviously new york is a bit more very you know accepting yeah. than down here yeah. but it was still great to see people even people that were sort of liberal assume right they knew who those people were there's and a white man and shocked. a white woman kissing yeah. damn it and then something yeah. else out you're like what? You, you're married. Yeah. And how long have you been married? Uh, three, almost four years. Was that difficult? Um, no, no, because we just went to Mexico and did it. <laughs> well, you went to Mexico. Yeah, well, awesome. we were in Mexico for a month, and we were just, like, living our tropical fantasy, and mm-hmm. we were like, it was right as Donald Trump became president. So I oh, guess, God. So that was two years into our relationship, because he's been president for two years now, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, that's how we can engage when we went to Mexico. Uh, oh. Two years ago, and we were like, we... We just like sold everything that we had. And I was like, fuck Donald Trump. I'm moving yeah. to Mexico. Yeah. So I went to Mexico with the intention of never coming back and ran out of money in a month. But while we were there, <laughs> while we were there, like we were just so like into like the whole fantasy. You know? And yeah. so we just got married because it's so beautiful. It's That's paradise. Amazing. It's paradise there. Did you find 
culturally speaking, that there was more acceptance down there? Hell yes. Really? I walked down the street in like underwear and like just like speedo and flip flops every I single you were day. In heaven. Yeah, and no one even looked twice. You know, like yeah. and people would stop and like compliment you on things and like find something to compliment. Like those are nice sandals. You know, because I don't have any clothes on. So Mexico. Was well, I don't think he was Mexican. I didn't hear any accent in that voice. Oh, uh, he was like, Senor. No. Oh, there you go. That's better. That's better. But yeah, no, it was the the culture is completely different. They accept every everybody is so free down there like i mean my clothing company's finally taken off and i'm saving up every coin to kick it back to mexico that's amazing i'll be honest not not <laughs> to paint myself as like narrow-minded or anything but i've never been out of the country so all i know is my experience here yeah. so it's interesting to hear in a country that especially right now getting you're getting so much heat nothing but negative about yeah it's paradise. Somebody that's having issues in the middle of what's supposed to be the best country in the world can yeah. go down there and be treated like a fucking human being. It was, I was treated like a fucking king. Yeah. Like, it was great. And I mean, the reason well, why I should have been think, treated like a queen. Oh, <laughs> I didn't have any wigs with me, so I understand. <laughs> but I mean, I think the reason why uh, they're painting Mexico as a bad place to go is because they just don't want us to come there. Oh, they're sure. Like, absolutely. Stay out. Stay absolutely. out. So that way, the one, the people who know the secret can go and enjoy it. Well, now, Michelle, you, you said earlier that you are born and raised in this area. Mm -hmm. Did you have any ideas of, of gay people or homosexuality that had to be changed or were you lucky enough to sort of live in a, in a in an atmosphere where that wasn't sort of pounded into your head no my parents were really um my family's not religious my parents are really chill about everything yeah. i mean i had some gay friends growing up i grew up in west greenville so i was around all races all i mean gay people it was just kind of a hodgepodge and you probably grew stuff. up in the west greenville that was kind of the rough side of greenville at the time yeah i grew up in the ghetto hood greenville yeah, yeah. it was it was hood as shit now it's all gentrified now there's art galleries oh, yeah, and shit. i'm like you couldn't I went down there the other day. I saw like a middle-aged white man in khakis, like walking down the street. I was like, "Bro, what are you doing? Get out of my neighborhood! You, you don't belong here." I remember when I started doing theater in the area. It was probably about ninety-five, ninety-six, and there was always that we were doing. We were rehearsing in this space. It was like right near the West End, and they were like, "If you go across the road to the Hot Dog King, you better fucking have three people with you." You don't walk down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it was really open and accepting. And actually, I moved in with my mom when I was like. Uh, 12 in uh -huh. Saudi Daisy, Tennessee, which is as, is as white as it sounds. Yeah. Uh, and it was culture shock. Cause I was like this. Why? So you had the opposite culture shock that every other white. Right, right, exactly. right. I was like, what have you done with all the black people? <laughs> like, it was so scary to me. It was just weird. Just, just this little Mayberry. Uh, and I just didn't know what to do with myself. I came back. I was but do like, you think that sort of, that sort of acceptance and, and chill attitude towards people sort of stretched to how you feel about animals? Is that what made I, you such a, an empathetic person? Possibly. I'm, I mean, yeah, my my whole family, like, when we get together for Christmas, there's, like, ten dogs there. Because, like, we, we all bring our dogs. Like, my mom's kids, none of us have kids. We all have yeah. dogs. So yeah. she's like, where are my grandchildren? I'm like, they just have four legs, Mom. Well, I have down. one kid and a cat, and that's pretty much good enough for yeah, me. I've, he yeah. may come out. He may not. He's in my room. He's awesome, I'm, but like, he's I'm, still shy. waiting to see your cat right now. I'm, like, dying. <laughs> um, he just doesn't know who you are yet. Who I just mean, <laughs> You Next time you come, he'd be like, oh, what's up? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think maybe that has something to do with it. I'm, I'm not really, I've always loved animals. I mm -hmm. had, you know, golden retriever as a kid. I, I had a bunch of animals. Um, I've always loved animals. I just, uh, I don't know. I've, so it's something just drew me to animal rescue when I figured out that I actually could help. That was the big thing is when I figured out like, 
hey, I'm somebody, I can do something. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, oh shit, I really can do something. Yeah. I can go and help this animal. I can go and help this person. I can start this organization. I can do this thing. I'm starting this political thing now. Yeah. Like I can do all of these things. And that was just the big click that like anything I care about, I, I can fix it. Right. Yeah. So and that's amazing. can do anything as long as they just decide that they want to do just it. Just do it. Well, I think that's what really came through to me when you when I heard you guys on the other podcast uh, is that you're, you're well-spoken about what you care about, but mm-hmm. you're also like both very passionate, but you're not a obnoxiously passionate i think sometimes some people we're just go, not coming off that way right now yeah, but we're passionate. We're really careful. What, I, what i mean by that what i mean by that is i've seen people who did activism not for the cause but for themselves yeah and right. they're putting their faces everywhere that they can and right. you get the impression that yeah i'm glad you're doing something good and getting a spotlight on a good thing right but is this more about the thing or is this more about filling a hole we always say it's not about us it's about right. the animals it's about the animals right. right now and you know we do the the i realistically i could probably raise more money for animals by doing trying to book bands or mm-hmm. something like that no you couldn't well, mm. I, I could do some other thing. I could do some like fancy schmancy like <laughs> you would raise more money dinner thing, whatever. <laughs> but I like this is like a double thing, right? Yeah. So not only am I bringing awareness and promoting diversity and acceptance, but I'm also raising money for animals. Like right. this is my my main goal is raising money for animals. Right. But I'm also bringing drag to straight bars. How fucking cool is that? Two birds, yeah. Song. Like, Dude, right? Yeah. It's, it's awesome. amazing. So it's like the coolest way to raise money for animals. Yeah. <laughs> and so. was it a problem booking those bars? Where the where the, where the people in charge were just like, yeah, fuck it, bring it on. Yeah. Just, no, they were they were really cool about it. And Everybody I guarantee else, you, had you started hours. this in you know twenty years ago, it would not have been. Oh no, no. no. Well, and, been and it's interesting. Down the door of the castle, like, please let us go. Because they let nobody do nothing. Yeah, and but you guys, like, you, you have day jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That are separate yeah. from your activism. How much time would you say your activism sort of takes out of your social lives, your personal lives? What uh, social life? I say, <laughs> it's all of it. Because I mean, when we're not doing events, well, I mean, you are planning events. You're responding. You're doing the social media. I'm making costumes for the events. Making costumes for the other queens for the mm-hmm. events. Like, I mean, yeah, this full time. I mean, and does it, does it? Do you ever need a break? Uh, we take breaks. I tried to take a break. Um, after, <laughs> after, and then she moved easily. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like I'm. I, it was after uh, Thanksgiving. I think I said I'm taking a break till the end of the we year. We did take a break. Yes. Well, well. Well, no, then we. And did then troubles. I was like, yeah. well, maybe I can just. I'll just book this one venue. And <laughs> I'll just. I'll just talk to this one rescue. I. I mean, I can't take a break. I'm just. I, I think about it all the time, and I'm just like, I can do this one thing. I can just make mm-hmm. this one thing happen. I like doing it, so why not? Are you not? worried about burning yourselves out? No. You know what? I figure I get to do this life thing one time. Yeah. While I have the energy to do it, fuck mm-hmm. it, I'm going to do it. If yeah. I burn myself out, oh, well, I lived a good life. <laughs> fuck <sorry>. it. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about theater, not that it's the same thing as what you guys are doing, but I love doing it, and I love doing it so much. Like It's exhausting sometimes, but then if I get like two weeks off of a rehearsal or something, I'm just like, fuck. You get so bored. Oh, I'm my like, God. Yeah. Get back into and believe it, me, yeah. I can, I'm can. i the biggest couch potato you've ever met. Mm-hmm. I could literally spend all day on the fucking couch playing video games, watching movies and be completely content. Yeah. But there's this need you have. For me, it's artistic. For you guys, it's kind of a combination. Yeah. It's the art and it's the activism. Yeah. And when you look at how far Greenville has come since you guys have been in it, we've talked about the drag situations, but what about the animal situations? I just heard recently that they're about to make sure there are no more kill shelters in Greenville. Is that yeah. true? Oh, I have so many opinions on this. Oh. We, we Go got, for it. We about to get me rolling. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> first we passed in Greenville County, the housing ordinance. So uh-huh. we passed an ordinance where, uh, animal like companion animals, dogs or whatever that are outside have to have 
housing essentially you can't just prop up a piece of plywood on a tree and call it a house they have to have like three sides and hay or whatever then we did the tethering ordinance where they have to be on a runner Mm -hmm. right so um now they're working on the shelters the shelters have all adopted this thing called target zero where basically they're there you you can't they're not just taking in every dog willy-nilly or every animal, especially cats. They're actually making you try and take responsibility for your own animal. Oh, that's right? amazing. Try, you, you, if you, you took in this animal yourself, yeah. so you have to try. If you can't keep it, try and find a home for that animal. Right. That's find somewhere common to go. sense to people. You know? it, like, people fuck, should it just, should be. People should just be like bred that way to like naturally think that way. You, you take would, on a responsibility, it's still your responsibility. Right. You know? But people, I just got a call the other day. Somebody said, I don't have time for this dog. I need you to come get it today or I'm mm-hmm. going to drop it off in the woods. Shut oh my up. god! And that happens Ugh. all the time. That's so I saw a video not that long ago. This woman was out jogging, and she saw a woman uh, parked in the park with three dogs running around. And she's just like, "Oh, isn't that cute?" And then the woman starts to get back in her car without the dogs. Yep. And she goes up to her on camera and is like, "What are you doing? What, are you taking your dogs with you?" And the woman was like, "Blah blah blah," and just drove away. It happens all. I'm not even shocked by it anymore. It happens all the time. You know, we used to have a dog, two dogs actually, in this apartment complex that were strays, and just the whole complex sort of just came together and they became our dogs we got them used to people we fed them then one guy ended up taking one of them in one night it was raining he just left his apartment door open and the dog came in and they like were at joined at the hip ever since but i mean i'm sure there's still a long way to go now with those ordinances we talked about the backlash you got from drag shows (laughs) everybody opening their door (laughs) what kind of backlash did you get about the ordinances oh my gosh there was literally a guy who came to the the ordinance the public hearing for the the housing ordinance and said his argument was i've gotten 49 citations so far y'all trying to make more laws so i can get more citations like bruh why don't you just Maybe not do better do yeah. better or don't have animals and what the, what was the situation with his animals Did I, you ever he find had like out? a bunch of chickens or something that he didn't take oh. care of or something I, I don't remember he was like i'm trying to teach my children responsibility you're you're failing dude. you're not yeah. we're not doing a good job <laughs> But we're not going after people who make innocent mistakes. We're going after people who chain a dog to a tree, who beat their dog, who consistently get a puppy. When it grows up, they get rid of it. We're going after backyard breeders, people who don't get their fucking dogs fixed, get their cats fixed. Get get your animals fixed. Yeah. Um, That's the kind of thing, the consistent things that are causing all of these problems. Greenville County Animal Care takes in like 30,000 animals a year. That's insane. And, And to factor in the fact that Greenville County Animal Care takes in all of Spartanburg County's animals. Really? Most people don't know that, yeah. Why? Because Spartanburg County contracts Greenville County out to take in all their oh strays. They don't have uh, facilities? They, they have, have their Spartanburg strays. Humane Society, but they only take in Spartanburg City animals. I see. So anything in the county goes to Greenville County. So people in Spartanburg County who are looking for their animals, they're not going to go to Greenville to look. No. So that's all of the... None of those dogs or, or cats are getting reclaimed. Mm-hmm. They are all have to get adopted out or picked up by rescues, and it's causing you know all these problems. Now, the people who run the shelters will say it's only... you know. There's only a two percent difference in what what would get adopted out or what would uh, the release or whatever. Um, but I mean, if you think about it, everything that's picked up in Spartanburg County going to Greenville County that's going to make a big difference, right? So Absolutely. I mean, there's there's work to be done in places like you know Spartanburg County needs its shelter, its own yeah. shelter. Um, yeah. You know, Greenville County. I would love for there to be some kind of approval process at shelters. Mm-hmm. I I understand logistically, you you can't have somebody do a home visit, right? At, you know, at everybody who who adopts from a shelter, but some kind of of some application, a background check. If you have a violent offense, maybe you can't adopt a dog. Right. Things like that. Or get a gun. 
Or, or get a gun. <laughs> we need to step that shit up, too. I mean, things like that. If, if you're been convicted of animal cruelty, yeah. maybe you can't be adopt a dog or a cat. Now, whose responsibility is it to build a shelter? Like, is that it's, something that the Spartan Bridges simply can't afford to have more of right now? Well, they're That's paying Greenville say. County. That's what they'll they're say. They're paying Greenville County yeah, to take I these see. animals, right? right? So if they could use that money, and now I am not, I haven't dug into this a lot. I do have somebody I'm talking to right now who is super into it, and she's like, mm-hmm. hey, will you help me bring awareness to this? That's what I'm doing right now, Kayla. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I was saying, that's our next well, I don't know how much awareness you're going to get from this podcast. Well, I mean, she's super into it. It's in the back of my brain. So, I mean, that is a big thing, and people don't realize that. One of my personal dogs was the stray Spartanburg and she was like literally on her last walk they were walking her down oh the God. hall to put her down and I was like give me that dog I can't even I'll start crying if I even talk about them some of them um I have paw prints at home of dogs that we've had to put down but they were so loving and they've been through the worst the mm. most miserable disgusting the smells god I wish I could convey smells of these okay. animals that have just been through this disgusting horrible situations and they're like please just love me yeah and it's like how do you not hate humans like i don't understand i ask myself that question every morning right i hate humans like but hey with humans like you guys on the planet it's easier not to completely hate them i mean i'm sure you're assholes in some way yeah we're we're still assholes but we just have assholes (laughs) (laughs) well it's probably about time to start wrapping it up thank you guys so much for making this work i'm so glad we got to be face to face finally but um what's coming up what uh, i'll start with you michelle what if someone wants to get in touch with you if there's an event you want to shout out uh, how would people do that alright so if you want to get in touch with us we have a website queenstotherescue.com or you can do Facebook Instagram or Twitter slash queenstotherescue coming up March 29th we have our sold out show at uh, Natty's in Greenwood awesome Abbeville. Abbeville, shit. Well, it's for the Greenwood Humane Society, but since we got moved to Abbeville, we are splitting it with Abbeville Shelter because we're making double the money. Uh, fuck you, all the people in Greenwood who tried to shut us down. <laughs> you tried it. You tried it. We did better. <laughs> um, and then we have August 16th. We're going to be in Easley for Carmen's Rescue. And then I don't remember after that. That's amazing. What about you? We if someone wants to get in touch with you directly, um, I have that? social medias. It's at Brandon Hilton, like the hotel. Okay. Um, then uh, my my brand at the House of Man, the House of Man with two N's, M A N N dot com. And yeah, I'm just you know I'm just doing my shows and doing my gigs. I can't even remember right now, but I have so much stuff coming up. Just find me on Facebook, Instagram. I'm trying to get verified, so I need all the followers on Instagram. And just so people can see what you do. <laughs> yeah. If you have any video clips pictures. of your shows, I would oh, love yeah. to post one uh, on the episode. Yeah. We got stuff. We're going to have a videographer at the next one. Uh, yes, so we we're going to get some professional. That's awesome. Yeah. We're going to get a documentary made. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, documentary. About Queens of Rescue, just all that we do. Oh, her doing the animal if rescue. If it's not at least as good as King of Kong, I'm probably not going to be interested. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be amazing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again so much for coming. Thank I'm glad you guys made the time out of your day. It's been awesome. Uh, thank you guys again. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode, and I hope you got lucky tonight. Ooh. Woo! <laughs> Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at Lucky underscore 10K and visit our podcast network site at beardofpodsnetwork.com. I'm a
It brings tastes like cotton candy Don't run away cause I've gotta have you Baby, I'm a slave The fashion made me I feed off glamour I'm a zombie, baby